This week on the BAMCast. Twinkle, twinkle, little fist. Gary Daniels sure is pissed. North Star, we're in. All right, welcome to the BAMCast. Hey! hey! The BAMCast. BAMCast. Yeah. Episode 376. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And what we do each and every episode of the Bamcast is we go and we watch ourselves a quote-unquote bad movie. Come in here and talk about them for the first half. Then we rate them. Good bad movies. Enjoyable bad movies. They got one of five jocks and robot jocks. Robot ah! jocks. Yay. Good job, robot jocks. Great. You However, do you. But there are bad bad movies. Let's stay away. They're getting negative sliding scale. One to five bags. As in douche bags after bags of douche. Yeah. Not yeah. That Sparkly vampires. Don't be bad. Um, so, yeah, welcome to Anime Week uh, anime. 3. Anime! I'm still saying it with a question mark at the anime, end. Even though anime? Maybe not. Anime, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Week 3 brings us uh, 1995's Fist of, the, Fist of the North Star. Right. The live-action version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because if you haven't figured it out, that's what we're doing. Yep. That's our theme. <laughs> that's why it's <laughs> yeah. anime. We're not actually watching anime. anime. We're watching manga. <laughs> is that the correct pronunciation? Is that what we determined? I Welcome to Manga. <laughs> oh, fuck. So uh, let, let's get a uh, plot summary of this here movie out of the way, because that's usually how we start these All things. Alrighty. Sure. <laughs> Based on a manga, this is a... Po- <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Manga. You know, one take BJ, but this is a good effort. Based on a manga... This apocalyptic adventure centers on a man who must reverse the cataclysmic conditions of his world. Sort of. Uh, It's based on a manga? A Uh, manga. A Japanese manga. (laughs) Manga. (laughs) Oh, you mean a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Except it's black and white or some shit. Right. You read it backwards. Yeah. Left to right. Right to left. Up, down. Cats dog. I like to put manga in my salsa. (laughs) Yeah, a little sweet, little heat. Yeah, exactly. Sweet heat. I have a manga habanero hot sauce in my fridge. Mm. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, some manga chutney, too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Chutney. Barrett. No. <laughs> nope. Anyway. Uh, so this, this movie uh, it has some people that we typically like in the BAFCast world. Yeah. So oh. many people. Some alums. <laughs> uh, uh, starring uh, Gary Daniels. Yes. Man. Who has been the star of 2017 it, yeah, for the it, it is the year of Dar- Gary Daniels, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Yes. Um, also, well, second build, but also starring uh, Terrence Stamp. Yeah. No, he's the and. I, yeah, I know. Malcolm McDowell is in yeah. this one. Yeah. He's in it for literally two, like one He showed up for a, a day. Yes. Maybe, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but I guess main actual other stars is Costas Mandalore. Right. Which we were kind of amazed that we have not <laughs> watched a Costas Mandalore movie somehow. What a name. What yeah. a trick. It's a good name. Yeah. Welcome to the Bamcast, Costas Mandalore. Another good name. Downtown Julie Brown. Yes. Was she in a Bamcast movie? I don't think so. Was she in a movie? I don't yes. think so. <laughs> Besides this one? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she's been in Sharknado shit. So, mm. oh, so no, nope. Okay, sorry. Yeah, and then there's like plenty of that guys, including Chris Penn. Uh, I have Chris Clint, Penn's uh, more of a that guy, more than a that guy. Yeah, absolutely, mm. is he? Yes. To most people, Chuck. Uh, yes, mm. I would say yes. They might go hey, to people who like the '90s. Yeah, he's if you're more a fan of '90s, or he's the guy Kevin Bacon had to teach to dance. 
but you know, like that's about it. Those are your two options. Okay, for yeah. most people, that's that's who Chris Pitt is. I, I think Chris Pitt is more than most people guy. go. He's that dude from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Clint Howard's in it. He's yeah. A I was guy. about to say, Bam Castellum, Clint Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, Tracy Walter. I'm just saying, there's a lot of like that guys. Yeah. Rufio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario Van Peebles' dad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sure. Sweet, sweet back. Yes. yes. Sweet, yes, sweet back is. is in this movie. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the plot, as best I can comprehend. Go now, on. actually, I'm. You know, I'm going to pull a little disclaimer on the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen this movie once before, probably about in 1995, because I want to say that either. Either this actually was like an HBO or Showtime film. Mm-hmm. I want to say it actually debuted on like one of the pay channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually a fan, not necessarily of the manga, but like the anime at the time. Okay. And I remember watching this going, what the fuck is this shit? So I was actually one of those guys. I'm just throwing it out there. I did that big time with this movie because. So you're the one that understands this one this week. I'm just yeah, just a little bit. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's very. It's been a while. I've, I've drank some things <laughs> in the meantime. So. <laughs> I've let those brain cells go first. But what I, you're mm-hmm. saying is you've seen some Fist of the North star. Yes, I, I, and that's why I'm going to basically explain the plot. I'm right. just saying, like, I'm throwing it out there that I, I was what we tend to be, like, the wasn't, like, the original source material. All right. This sucks. Fine. Kind of guy. So, um, yep. there, it's a post-apocalyptic, a post-apocalyptic future. Mm-hmm. There are basically two uh, kung fu fighting schools that have, that have been left over, uh, the North and the South. Uh... There's the North Stars and the uh, Southern Cross is what the two schools are. Um, and the leader of the Southern Cross is basically like, you know what? It'd be a lot cooler if there's only one school. So I'm going to kill the dad and the son that are basically like the last two possible fists of the North Star, the leaders of the clan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, cool, I'll do that. And then I'll just rule everything and doesn't actually kill the son. And he comes back for revenge, which is basically what we watched in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The Fist of the North Star, is that the title of the leader of that school? Yeah, it's like the ha- like leader of the hand, you know. It's, mm-hmm. but, yeah. yeah, that's because in Malcolm McDowell's constant narration, he keeps ending it by saying, you are now the Fist of the North Star. Yeah, I, I was also, also going to say, if you are one of those people who's a fan when they say the name of this movie, you might love this movie. Yeah. Because they say the title of this a lot. Do not drink <laughs> no. every time they say the title. <laughs> you will die. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's basically it. And in the original source material, I mean, not that this one is like dumbed down PG or PG 13, but the, no. the, the original material, it's like punch, punch, tap, tap, head explode, you know, mm-hmm. shit like that. I mean, like crazy blood fountain shit. Mm. Um, so there is some of that in this movie, but you know, it's toned down mostly probably due to budget versus like censorship, I would say. Okay. Yeah. The violence in this is weird. Yeah. So I'll say that I'm just throwing that out there. That's that's your explanation. So this. the basic plot okay. of this movie. I mean, th- I'm dancing around it because like this is kind of one of those movies, sort of like a comedy, where it's almost hard to talk about what happens because so much of it is like walk, walk, kill, Visual. kill, walk, yeah. walk, kill, kill, and then oh wait, I'm at where I need to be. Yes, we can back up a little bit because we are dropped into this movie where it is. After the betrayal, well, I'm sorry, we see the Malcolm McDowell scene first, mm-hmm. um, where he's, you know, he looks just like he looks in Star Trek Generations, yes, but like it's like, came off the but set. they threw on like, you know, a robe and it's like, you're a sensei now. Yes. Sure. S- sit down here and say your lines. <laughs> yeah. We said all we need to say about 
whitewashing of anime and stuff like that last week. Here it is again. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, there is one Japanese actress in this movie entire like and it's out of everyone. It's mm-hmm. really weird because they're they're well there's a couple there's a couple Asian actors in general. I couldn't say where they're from per se, but like it's weird because you've got the main character played by Gary Daniels whose name is Kenshiro and then mm-hmm. like the 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 Asian actress is like Julia. Julia. And it's like then there was like another Asian dude it's like his name is Neville. Neville. And it's like you've got a bunch of British dudes running around playing the Japanese parts and then you're giving the the, uh, the Asian actors like British names. Yeah. It's no. it's kind of like Enemy of the Gates for anime. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, but so I'm just throwing that out there. We've, we've said that. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll move past it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So we see this Malcolm McDowell scene where basically he gets across that like we're not allowed to fight. We're the heads of these two things. The prophecy or the laws or whatever say we can't fight. He's like, we're not fighting. I'm executing you. Bam. And so he pulls out a gun and shoots. Yeah, him. shoots him. So in the, in the first scene, so we're yeah. like, oh, cool, it's a good scene. You Malcolm McDowell, mm-hmm. but he kind of has magical space powers where he can take over someone's body and speak through them. So yes. you hear more of his voice than you see him for yeah. the rest of the movie. You see he's, him one other time, but yeah, he's like Ghost Obi Wan, except he yeah. has to possess somebody to be Ghost right. Obi Wan. Yes, and make them float. But then, mm-hmm. like you know, we're basically left with like I, I get was it Gary Daniels wakes up and like he was kind of having a bad dream or something wasn't it because like wasn't he just kind of like wandering in the yeah he's just walking he's, the earth like yeah. Kane from kung fu he is and he's got you know scars all over his chest in the in the shape of like the little dipper mm-hmm. um and it's like all right you know this is like this is what's going on and then we kind of get flashes where he how he got the scars it's, it's all very quick but and and told sort of like non-linear linearly because like i'll just go ahead and say what happened and where you know how we got to here because it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to talk about because they give you like little chunks throughout the entire movie. So after um, Costas Mandalore, the bad dude uh, Shin, kills his dad, he goes after him and he's also got a thing for his lady Julia that we were just talking about mm-hmm. and is like, you know, saying to her like I'll let him go as long as you say you love me and she's like I'll, I love him and it's like poke and he's just like poking the stars into his chest and yeah. you know to the point that like he does all four for the last part. And yeah, everyone, and he assumes he's he's dead. It appears very painful, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of blood and gore effects to go with that. Mm-hmm. But it's basically jabbing his finger into a dude, and then kind of like twisting it around. Yeah, yeah. While, while Gary Daniels is all bloody and nasty, and yeah, and, and he it, he leaves him to die, and you know he says, you know, why you lay here dying? Your father's dead too. Think about that. See ya. Yeah. And then he goes back over to Julia and is just like, well, I guess you're my girlfriend now. Paint a Southern cross on your cheek and let's go. Yeah. In your boyfriend's blood. <laughs> yeah. Also, during that fight, uh, he um, ex- almost exploded Chris Penn's head because he has a th- yeah. he has a thing that he does. It's established earlier in the film, but this is actually the first instance of it because it's a flashback. But he just does a thing where he just fucking punches you 900 times and then taps you on the head. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck was that? And then your head just starts mushroom clouding, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, air pockets in your head just start bubbling. And then, you know, your head explodes. Well, apparently Chris Penn caught it in time, like wrapped a belt around it. Yeah, they put put this weird thing. So he's got like straps going across his face and across his head. And you can see like his head is all his head looks like a brain. Mm -hmm. Almost. It's like all wrinkly and weird. Yeah. Underneath the straps. Yeah, it's like the skull is just the the skull is mm-hmm. turned inside out basically, and is just strapped down by belt. Yeah, and so. and we learn that we see this first happen uh, when he comes upon a family where Gary Daniels is just wandering the desert, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey, man, I need a place to stay." Yeah. And it's uh, Bob from Batman, mm-hmm. 
and his wife. Yes. And so they're like, Mrs. Uh, Bob. They're like, all right, you know, whatever. Who are you? And he's like, don't mind me. Yeah. And then he wait when Gary Daniels wakes up the next morning. He hears them screaming outside, and it's these raider type guys. Toughs. Well, they're all the what do they call them? The crossmen. Yes. Yes. Which, which is all the 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 Mad Max ish gang of warriors that these guys send out to just wreck shit. Mm-hmm. And they're they're they've got the they got Bob at gunpoint, and they've got the woman, and they're going to take her back into the house and do unpleasant things to her. Correct. To which, <laughs> as they get near the door, Gary Daniels kicks through the door. And the guy, the first one, turns around, and his jaw is kicked halfway off. Yeah. Like, it's basically super far out of place, and then he just kind of stumbles and falls over. And then he grabs the other guy, punches him a couple times, and then, like, punches him in the back, Mm -hmm. and apparently just forces his spine into his heart, because you see his, the middle of his chest kind of pop out, alien style, Mm -hmm. but not, like... Not like bloody, but just like something comes up out of his chest and that guy's done. Yeah, he just moves the space from his back to his chest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last guy is when he does the the super rabbit punch pop, 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 in the chest thing. And yeah. Because that dude's the head. like, what are you doing? Trying to tickle me to death? Yeah. And he goes, you're already dead. Yeah. And he's like, what? And then his head starts bubbling and then. Yeah. Gross. And then but, they cut away before his head pops. Yeah. But you see his head start like expanding. You do just start seeing some blood spurts and stuff like yeah, that but you don't get full scanners or you, anything. yeah you hear off screen the the pop the, this the scene is weird for two reasons one is that obviously you you see this violence and you're like oh okay they're trying to ape the manga <laughs> you know so they're trying to ape this this style of violence but also it never happens again like he doesn't cartoonishly punch anyone throughout the rest of the movie like Except he, Chris Penn in flashback. Yeah, but like he fights a bunch of dudes throughout this. In one scene, he mm-hmm. fights a million dudes, and none of them get a weird cartoon jaw or body parts rearranged or anything yeah, like that's that. What it's, was... it's kind of established later in the movie, and they just sort of show it and don't tell it, okay. that he has to like really focus to do shit like that. Oh, so okay. I think the idea was he was harnessing his oh. chi or whatever behind the window, and then was just like, Okay. I got this. I'll punch your jaw off. It's it's one of the yeah. Because like when he was fighting, things, you know, he had to that, stop at like the, at the end before yeah. when he was fighting Costas Mandalore. Yeah. But you know, mm-hmm. spoilers. But it's just it's it's just one of the eighty things in this movie that's not explained. Right. Where you're just like, wait, did they run out of money? What what's yeah. why I mean, it's why a, is that fight so weird? And then the rest of them are kind of standard. So yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's it's a budgetary thing. Oh uh, yeah. In this sure. reason, you know, yeah. for this, but but we're also introduced to a town. That has uh, Melvin Van Peebles and Downtown Julie Brown seem to be the people running it. Yeah, they're preparing or for the leaders. Something. Yeah, they're yeah. They, like, they, they're coming back in a truck yeah. with a bunch of people in it, and they're they're like, "We got razor wire." Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, they've been cool. scavenging out in the <laughs> and middle of nowhere. Yes, they found some cans of, of mm-hmm. fruit. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's and there's a little girl who's walking around with a little organ grinder thing, mm-hmm. and she's blind. Yep. And there's also your uh, your annoying sidekick character who's like this kind of like late teens, early 20s guy who's like messing with the warriors and pushing them. He's like, hey, you got to learn how to fight, you guys. And they're, they keep like knocking him down. And turns out, oh, he was just stealing from them. Mm-hmm. You know, he was pickpocketing them as he was doing it. And that's his sister is the blind girl. And there's just a lot of like setup before she goes, I hear them coming. And this is when Clint Howard and crew just show up in this town, ride motorcycles, just shooting people. Yeah. Like Clint Howard is just on the on this motorcycle, just laughing and just 
shooting everyone he's driving by. Well, is this here? I don't think that yeah. this town got in. I thought that was somewhere else that got invaded by Chris. No, because they or get definitely because they get town. their truck blown up, and she's all sad about the truck being blown up. Okay. Yeah. Because no, it's always just this town. So they just keep coming back to this. Town. Yes. So yeah. they're just fucking I, with. Them. I think the first one was like you know. It, it's sort of like the three amigos thing like they go in a little bit and do a little bit of damage okay. and then the last time they were like oh you kind of fought back we're gonna fuck you up you right. know we're gonna bring everybody okay i wasn't sure i thought maybe that first instance was like they were on their way to paradise valley or whatever that no. town is but like that town is they want it because it's got a bucket of water in the center of it or something they have this water source that's mm-hmm. super yeah malcolm mcdowell explains that water is the most important thing yeah. in this world and, and they but there's it. bad water like when it starts raining they're, they're like cover they're the water to cover it because it's bad water yeah. This is the second Malcolm McDowell movie I've seen where water is really, really important mm-hmm. lately. Yes. And uh, it's established at some point Gary Daniels can walk in the rain. It doesn't hurt him. That's how people know he's the chosen one or some shit. Yeah. So. Or maybe it's just his sweet cloak. Could be well, his sweet cloak. They they keep calling it acid rain, which it's like, all right, you know, maybe in the future it really is actually acidic yeah. but that's yeah. not what the phrase means mm-hmm. you know well yeah. acid rain was still a fear back then that like right but it was like damaging statues and shit not people mm-hmm. yeah right mm-hmm. but it could yeah. have sure yeah and it sounds cool yeah acid but anyway the, these guys they're just they just show up and they prove that they're assholes because they just they shoot a bunch of people they blow up their truck with a molotov cocktail and then they just kind of leave and it's like all right i i guess that's over with <laughs> yeah and uh you know, they, they all go back and I get, was Chris Penn with him at that point? I didn't think later? so. Yeah. But anyway, we go back to Costas Mandalore, who is Shin, who is, you know, basically got his big, dark, you know, early 90s sci-fi city, dystopian city going on. Yeah. And he lives in like the one intact skyscraper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's intact because they have taken like beams and propped them up on the structure that's mm-hmm. holding it up. Uh, they also have some sweet spotlights. Yeah, they do. To... To make sure none of those urchins yeah. get in this sweet building, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's kind of taken over this this elevator lobby. Mm-hmm. Like it's just an entrance entrance to all the elevator. It's like the elevator bay, and at the end of the hallway, he's built himself like a sweet shrine throne slash bed <laughs> that he hangs out mm-hmm. on. Yeah, it's a dais, sure, of sorts. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's like a marble floor room, yeah. and just it's it's the only nice looking place in this world. Yes, it's yeah. clean. And he's got Julia up there mm-hmm. and he, you know, he keeps doing the whole, you need to love me. I rule this world. So Why don't no, you love me? I love Ken. Yeah. I, ki- like, I killed him. So, you know, you should love me instead. This is how courtship works. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, no, Ken. no, it doesn't actually. It's yeah. I'm gonna go back to my quarters and fondle something and, in a pouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which it. <laughs> We'll get to that. We'll come back to that. But um, he's he's basically told Chris Penn and uh, and someone else. I think he, he's like, you need to you need to get take care of this town. Mm-hmm. Like like North Star is done. These people they're they got to get with the program. You got to make them get with the program. So go down there. Mm-hmm. And so Chris Penn goes down to all the dudes and gives this speech where he's basically like, all right, you guys, let's do this. Let's fucking kill some people. Let's have fun killing people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good speech. It, it is like, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And then they proceed to go in and just like, all right, cool. Let's fucking murder some people. Yeah. And then let's get to the the pillaging and other stuff part and just, you know, it gets gross for quite a bit. Yeah. But the thing is that um, 
before this happened, Kenshiro had shown up in the sit in the town, mm-hmm. and he had been just like hiding out in the uh, blind girl and her brother's place, like just chilling in there. Yeah, because the brother walks in and is like, "Hey, I'm going to beat you up, man," because he'd been trying to train everyone to do kung fu mm-hmm. or whatever. And he's like, "No, you're not. I'm fucking fist of the North Star. I'll make your head explode, bitch. <laughs> Don't step to me." Yeah, and they're like, "Okay, man, yeah. cool." And he's like, "Hang on, I've seen this blind thing before." Mm-hmm. Let me do a thing my dad Yeah, and he goes, me. and he goes, she went blind when she saw her family kill. Yeah. Or her parents killed, I believe he says. Yeah, so and, it's like. Yeah, and he somehow. Rubs her temples and. Yeah. He does a lot of finger motions and yeah. then, yeah. And she's like, oh, I can see you now. Yeah. And also he can now see through her on random occasions mm-hmm. when it's plot important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, he, he le- it starts to rain and he leaves. And that's when they notice, oh, he can walk in the rain. He's cool. <laughs> yeah probably would be yeah it's very hot out yes. in the desert yeah um but this the brother then follows him mm-hmm. from here we don't know this until later when he's caught and then kenshiro has to beat the shit out of two guys yeah. to well, help he, him he quickly gives the like hey could you like maybe help us because you know you, you look big and maybe strong they don't know that he can fight or anything but yeah there's like we have trouble and he's like oh you're leaving goodbye yep yeah. <laughs> oh well uh, thanks, thanks for, for you know restoring sight to yeah. the blind girl that's cool all right, see you around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then he follows him somewhere, some little yeah. carnival that's yeah. still intact, and uh, he beats the hell out of two dudes. And and he sees uh, like a picture of the of Julia. Dude has I, it on the back of his jacket. Yeah, on his jacket. <laughs> like and this makes him really beat the shit out of this oh, guy. Man, he punches the fuck out of that guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> I kept waiting for his fist of the north star to just go through someone's head mm-hmm. like he just seemed like the rage was there ken's rage was there <laughs> to mm. just fucking go through some dude's fi- some you know just crush a watermelon face you know just i was really hoping for like a super power up yeah. fist punch yeah like the bad guys super power up thing sure but like blue maybe yeah, yeah. and he'd like color. rage out and just <laughs> Glowing blue well, fist. Yeah. When they establish somebody's... in the first fight scene that you see with him mm-hmm. that he knocks a man's jaw off, mm-hmm. punches a dude's heart out through his chest, <laughs> yep. and then makes another man's head explode, every other fight is kind of downhill from there. Yeah. You're like, all right, mm-hmm. so he beat up a guy using Gary Daniels kicks. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's the disappointing part. It's like you keep expecting each fight to be like, oh man, is he going to like rip this guy's arm off and beat mm-hmm. him to death with it? You <laughs> right, know, yep. We can only hope. Yeah. yeah. What crazy shit is he going to do? And he just, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. They did the crazy shit first and then never again. You're like, mm-hmm. why? why? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. 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 But so he's also had a dream. Gary Daniels, Kenshiro has like of Malcolm McDowell going, hey, Need to, things are going bad. Need to do something about it. You're the fist of the North Star. Don't run away. Mm-hmm. Oh, he gets a he gets a visit from Zombie Dad. Like he's That's like right, sleep, yeah. he's sleeping right. by the ground, and like just a straight up mummy comes out and starts speaking like Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, and he's just like, I'll fight you. <laughs> well, he's like, hey, son, you are now the fist of the North Star, and he's just like, no, I don't want to be. Yeah, he's he just punching the wall. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not my real zombie dad, Dad. <laughs> He's just immediately disgusted by the notion that he has to do something. Are you my dad or my mummy? <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, it, whatever. But yeah, I guess then he just suddenly realizes, I guess I'm the fist of the North Star now. I better mm-hmm. start doing stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but so the kid's like, all right, well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna follow you. Yeah, like you, you need to help us. You need to come back. And the kid eventually like collapses. 
and and is kind of getting buried by sand. Yeah, it's a sandstorm. When, when Kenshiro walks up, it's just he looks at him like, "Oh, you, yeah, you rapscallion." But so they stop, and that's when he has when he basically these this invasion at the little town has happened. Yeah, and because of his psychic connection with the girl, and she's just screaming as everyone, you know, there's there's this woman with thirty guys on top of her mm-hmm. attacking her, and uh, you know, just everyone else is just getting killed and. She's just kind of cowering in a corner, screaming. Yep. And that's when he picks it up in his head, and he's like, we have to go back. Yeah. Chris Penn comes along and is like, you, you know things. Mm-hmm. We'll not kill you yet. Yeah. And she gets kind of... Mouthy with him. Yeah. And then they're like, check this out. We got a brand new guillotine over here. Mm-hmm. How about we put your head in it, little girl? Yeah. Let's let's go, everyone. Let's go cut off this girl's head. And everyone's like, yeah, sweet. To yeah. which they're going to do it, but then he, uh, she shouts out, uh, Ken's name mm-hmm. and Chris Penn stops it stops the yeah, blade at the last what, what'd you say Kenshiro's gonna get you yeah something like that Yeah, and it's just like what'd you say mm-hmm. <laughs> alright back in this cage with you you're gonna tell us what we need to know later mm-hmm. not right now <laughs> yeah I just love that that guillotine was like the like the big lots guillotine you know <laughs> like, <laughs> yes you know <laughs> like if you if you were if you were to shop for you a guillotine big lots that's the one guillotine. Yeah. i'm just saying if you were going to shop for guillotines you yeah. would that's like not the home depot or the lowe's no. one like mm. a really nice guillotine that would be like the one you found at big lots yeah. that was like 21.99 and like, like hey man you might you can get two for like 40 bucks. it takes like three wax before the yeah. head comes all the way off it's plastic wrapped in aluminum foil <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> My first guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. I, I just, uh, I, I know, like, and that's the thing is like easy behead guillotine. Is <laughs> like there's there's a lot of cheap shit in this movie. Yeah, but the filmmaking hides it pretty well a lot of the time. Like not all the time. The production but a is a lot of the time. The production's not bad at all. No, it it they they had some money. Yeah, I mean, and it looks like when you think of a early '90s sci-fi yeah. dystopian movie. It looks like this movie because there are like there are shots of like boats stuck in buildings and like mm-hmm. a submarine on a dune. And it, you can tell they're tiny models, but it's like some movies can't even do that. And this is not really bad at hiding that. I mean, yeah. the, the the city models look very small, but mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, but yeah, but every once in a while, something like this, yeah. this cheap ass guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shows up. But like my favorite part of all this is that they've got this little girl in a cage and they're like, you're not going to tell us what we need to know. Fine. We're going to go get. Famous WWF star Vader to come in here. Yeah. And he's going to pick up the cage and shake it and scream at you. <laughs> and just do all those Vader things. So <laughs> fucking Vader comes in and just picks up the cage and is just shaking it and yelling yeah. at her at eye level. And she's not having it. Um, <laughs> which I don't know. This scene just made me mm-hmm. laugh consistently. Yeah. And uh, I, I do like that before that they show a couple of the the soldiers like having some heart like this one guy who's got this weird like dragon scale head or whatever Mm -hmm. you know is like guys she's a little girl like give her a rest yeah and that's when chris penn's like what yeah (laughs) what's wrong with you (laughs) you didn't you hear my speech about being evil and having fun (laughs) yeah you son of a bitch (laughs) yeah problem yeah yeah but and that's when we bring in vader but yeah that comes into play a little bit later Mm -hmm. but yeah, Vader is banging her around, and then finally, uh, Kenshiro and the other guy have snuck into the city. They've seen a lady try to run away from the city and touch the fence and get electrified. Yep. And they go, oh, well, I guess that's out. Yeah, don't do that. So they have to sneak through the sewers, and they've made it into the into the little town. Mm-hmm. And that's when Kenshiro gets to take on Vader. 
Yes. And kind of is getting beat up for a little bit of it. Yes. And because Vader has wrestling moves, he mm-hmm. has a clothesline and right, body I slam. I feel like we're glossing over the fact of how well he menaces her in the cage. No, I no. I mean, we didn't gloss over it. I'm just saying, like it. It's the best it, for me. It's the best scene in the movie. <laughs> I, I just it's crazy because like there's this like little tiny eight year old girl. Yeah, and he's just picking up the cage and like, ah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it looks really great too. Her brains. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just yeah. Yeah. No, that's the it, best part. It, it's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, but then Kenshiro starts basically like hits the cage into Vader, mm-hmm. and Vader hits the cage back at him. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a cage match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he lets the girl out, and he's and Ken's and Kenshiro's like, he's in the sewers. Go, yep. go find him. Yep. I'll, I'll catch up with you. To which then Vader just starts beating the crap out of him. He's like picking him up over his head, and eventually t- chucks him out a window. Mm-hmm. At about the same time that Chris Penn finds her down in the sewers and then gets in a fight with a little sidekick guy and little sidekick. sidekick. Yeah. Little sidekick is does the sidekick and is kicking him in the face. And then he's like, come on, aren't you going to fight? And he's, and Chris Penn's like, yeah, I guess so. And then pulls out this switchblade and just stabs him in the gut. (laughs) He's like, Oh no, he's got a knife. (laughs) That's the, Oh my God. That is such a great line. Right. When he does that. (laughs) Yeah. It's just this smarmy, sarcastic, Oh no, he's got a knife. <laughs> Which, you know, it makes sense because yeah, there are three every- things that I really like in this movie. <laughs> yeah, because everybody's like, oh, you know, I know Kung Fu, I'll kick your ass. And yeah. then, you know, it, the, the way he takes out the Grand Master is the only gunshot in the movie, is, mm-hmm. or well, one of two, yeah. is he's like, oh, well, what if I just shoot him? Mm-hmm. Can't Kung Fu your way out of getting shot in the face? No, you can't. So, no. <laughs> but yeah, this guy, this kid can't Kung Fu his way out of getting stabbed in the gut. Yeah. Now, I do like, so, like, this movie does kind of shift back and forth to the tower and, like, whatever Costas Mandalore is up to. Mm -hmm. What he's up to is he fancies himself an architect, and you will see him, because he's told Julia, like, I found this picture of this building, I'm going to make it for you, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to rebuild. It's like a 1930s New York picture, and he's just like, I'm going to build these skyscrapers for you. So, like, you see, occasionally, like, he's got this desk, and he's just sitting at it, architecting. And you're like, well, this is a weird profession for the mm-hmm. evil <laughs> kung fu master of this to be like, yeah. I'm going to build a building. <laughs> and yeah. the end of How I Met Your Mother was really weird. <laughs> yeah, I but, guess this is to show that like he, he's got his vision for the world, even though the world is shit right now. Yeah. So but, maybe he has a layer that's not total <laughs> shit bird. Maybe. But in a room, like, they keep flashing to Julia, and she's got a pouch of something. Like, you've seen a couple scenes of her, like, fondling whatever's inside this pouch. Yeah. And she... That's when it goes back to the the whole flashback of him getting punched, you know, stabbed in the chest. Well, we see her fondle the... the, (laughs) What looks like a scrote sack. Yeah. uh, Several times before they bother to explain what the hell it is. Exactly, yeah. It's like she's she's clearly pouring something out of it and like, oh, this is great, but it's like, what is it? Jelly Mm -hmm. beans? I don't know. What do you have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And it is a bag that that Kenshiro had given her Mm -hmm. right before they were attacked by Shin and company, which he said, you know, this is is the future. This is life. Mm -hmm. You know, take care of guard this plant my seeds yeah <laughs> and which they are literally seeds they look like berries almost they like do. dried like berries cranberries yeah. <laughs> yeah but she uh it and that's when shin's like quit living in the past yeah and smacks him out of her hand and she's like oh no yeah one falls into a crack on the floor mm-hmm. and yeah. you're like oh mm. <laughs> yeah 
magic seeds. <laughs> yeah. But then she's she picks up all the rest and is like, you're not a nice man, Shin. Right. I still don't love you. Yeah. But yeah. So, so they keep going back to that. And there's just, there was also a scene earlier of him just fucking wrecking this one dude to show that actually, yeah, he does. He is able to wreck dudes. The dude from Invasion Force. Yeah. Because he comes into the entryway and finds a bowl of jelly, which he decides to just stick his fingers in and eat. Like mm-hmm. you do. <laughs> and then Costas Mandalore's like, hey, no one fucks with my condiments, man. No, actually, he, was oh, no, like, he says like, this is the finest. This is, uh, oh, shit, what does he say? Like food befitting of the gods or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's otherwise. too good for angels. Yeah. Uh, oh. You may have as much mm-hmm. as you like. Oh, I see. But yeah, then he... he Take of my jelly. He, he magic fists that guy. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they get Lick into a jam, thing. Son. They get into a thing that maybe Harlow can explain vaguely from the whole mm-hmm. manga or whatever, the anime that originally it's in, but... He mm-hmm. talks about schools and how he doesn't need him anymore. And mm-hmm. like, was that guy one of his disciples? Was he? Because he was like, you're not going to kill me now. Because he wasn't a North Star. No, but he was like. And oh, the other dude's like, no, we're cool, man. Yeah. I like, I, I'm going to, I don't do Kung Fu anymore because I don't want to. I think because you won. <laughs> I think it's more like, you <laughs> think about it like, like if it's Game of Thrones. Fucking done, but the, the, yeah. Like we're down to like Stark versus Lannister or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or what, you know. Yeah, Targaryen versus yeah. Lannister, whatever. Who's whoever's going to last? Yeah. But I'm saying, like, you know, so it's like this guy was running another thing, but it was on he was the, like a it was west on, star, yeah. a southwest yeah. star, or something. like he's one of the fucking yeah, lackeys for the Lannisters. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, so he had to go, and they yeah. demonstrate that that Shin has this power with like he can make his fist glow, mm-hmm. and then when he punches you, basically holes pop out of your chest and blood starts spraying everywhere and then pops out of like the insides of your elbows. Yeah, that well. looks like fun. Mm-hmm. And you get the blood fountain and then you just kind of... Then, you, then you're then you dead. Well, I mean, you, know, you got some ma- major things going on there. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you do. it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, so he's got that power. Yeah. That's what that... That pretty much covers everything they've shown yes. <laughs> back in, there. In addition to his, you know, architecting powers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Drafting, yes, he can mm-hmm. draft like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's how you win. Costas draft a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Robin's part of racing. <laughs> Kenshiro has been tossed out a window by Vader. Yes, and everyone in the town's like, "Oh shit!" And Ken's like looking around, and everyone's just kind of staring at him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got downtown Julie Brown and all the people that are have not been killed for whatever reason, despite, you know, those guys must not listen to Chris Penn's awesome speech about, yeah. hey, why don't you kill everybody? They and, only killed the extras and yeah. not the actual stars of the film. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's when he starts, like, getting himself, Ken gets himself, like, worked up, mm-hmm. where he's doing, he's doing all the moves, but he doesn't explode Vader's head or anything. Nope. They didn't have an appliance big enough to, yeah. his head is massive. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he, he defeats Vader. He beats the crap out of him. Uh, there's also this uh, big black henchman that had been around for a lot of the scenes. Like He was basically like Chris Penn's yes man. Yeah. Next time, like whenever he said something, he's like, yeah, man. Yeah. And <laughs> he immediately gets wrecked. Yeah, he gets his shit just fucking wrecked. By he's Kenshiro. just standing there. He kind of acts like, whoa, wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> but yeah, no, he gets wrecked. Uh-huh. And then the other guy, the one, uh, the dragon scale guy, mm-hmm. who, you know, he just, he's like, he's seen them get wrecked and he just starts crying and he starts taking off like his weapons and everything. He's like, here, man, like yep. he's crying, holding him out. And that's when Chris Penn has decided, hey, guns, guns mm-hmm. are cool. Mm-hmm. And Kenshiro is probably going to wreck me if I get anywhere near him. So he has a sniper rifle and he's got Kenshiro in his sights. Yes. But that's as he's about to pull the trigger. That's when the kid has revived himself from his stabbing wound. Mm-hmm. 
long it, enough to knock him off balance. Long enough to knock him off balance so that so that Chris Penn shoots the crying surrendering guy. Yes. A fitting end. Yeah. Sure. And he says, Vive la France and then kills that guy. <laughs> and uh that's when Kenshiro was like, hey, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But everyone in the town's like, hey, there's nobody guarding us anymore. And they're all just kind of where Chris Penn is next scene. Yeah. And the kid's like, hey, I, I did it. I almost had him. I'm a fighter. Yeah. I'm good. Where's my sister? Yeah. And Kenshiro and the sister are like, yeah, you did great. Good good job. You're the best. A plus. Yeah. You're, you died a hero. Mm-hmm. Trust me. <laughs> it was not in vain in any way. It. He's like, ah, I didn't die in vain. Blah. Yep. Then he's dead. And that's when Kenshiro, like, he's about to kill Chris Penn, but then suddenly has, like, this weird vision from Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell takes over the the formerly blind kid. Yeah. Who starts floating in the background. That's right. And she she slash Malcolm McDowell is basically like, revenge is not the path of the Fist of the North Star. Look to the future and... Create balance in the force. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hate leads to the dark side. And let my people go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to spoil the end of the movie, but thank God he doesn't listen to Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, fuck all that. Yeah. Because guess what? Chris Penn does some more evil shit later on. Yeah. Because they let create, like he's like, he sends Chris Penn back. He's like, go tell Shin. Tell him I'm coming. Tell him I'm coming. <laughs> Wait, that's Terrence Stamp. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I've I've spared an evil son of a bitch. I've sent him back to warn the dude that I'm coming. I guess I better go. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I yeah. just and go that's that when, way. Yeah, and downtown Julie Brown's like, we'll take care of the child. Yes. And that's the last we see of and any of that. He kind of gives him a look like, I, I wasn't worried about I that. Don't, <laughs> like, whatever. I, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> she keeps care. getting possessed by my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that shit around yeah. me, yeah. so... And you the, got it. You know, the brother, bury him, eat him, whatever you people do. <laughs> I don't I'm not shit about any of dude, you. Dude, I'm not Woody Allen with daddy issues. <laughs> Press him into more water. I don't know. Yeah. But no, they, he just, he has, he sneaks into the city and eventually just walks right into the lobby of this building. Yeah. To which, so. Uh, missed opportunity here. It's, it's all basically one master shot with a couple of inserts, but it's like, you see for the cameras facing the doors as he comes in. And just from behind the camera, dudes keep emerging to battle him, and he just keeps dispatching. He he wrecks them, but dudes just keep coming. Yeah, some of them have weapons, some don't. He beats up like forty something dudes. Yeah, in this lobby, occasionally relieving them of their weapons and yeah. using them for a bit. One dude made the mistake. Two dudes come at him at one point. One of them has an axe, to which. <laughs> Gary Daniels dodges and oh, the no, axe he does, hits he does the, the classic, other dude. Whoop, you know, yeah. like hula move out of yeah, the way. And oh. he just keeps swinging through <laughs> yeah. and then hits his buddy. And, you know, it's like, but eventually there's a pile of bodies on the floor. Yeah. You keep seeing body, more bodies as you go. Yeah. And, and, and I was just like, man, if they don't pan out and just have a long shot of this lobby with just like 50 bodies laying on the ground, they fucked up. Yep. Because they had them all laying in the background. Yeah. yeah. They're just they're laying already there. there. They do the exact opposite. Yeah. They zoom in on him and cut away. Yes. Boo! Yes, this Minus movie fucked jocks. up. It does, yeah, and it does that a lot. Actually, mm-hmm. it fucks up its shots a lot. But this is probably the most egregious mm-hmm. example. Yeah, because all the dudes were just laying there anyway. So yeah. why mm-hmm. not show it? But like, meanwhile, Chris Penn is taking Julia down to the the basement. Yeah, because he's told Shin. Yeah, he's coming, man. man. And and it's weird because like 
Chris Penn is very like nonchalant about it when he's mm-hmm. telling Shin, he's like, yeah, he's still alive. And yeah. Yeah. That dickhead's coming or yeah. whatever. You want me to take her down the base? All right, sweet. I'll keep an yeah. eye on her. Yeah. Which but just means. Shin's like, she can't know that he's alive and yeah. that he's here. Like, do not tell her. He's like, ah, don't worry. Yeah. He's like, I've been really working on this girl for a while. I don't need you to mess it up by telling her that her boyfriend's still around. Yeah. All right. And then it just becomes the Chris Penn monologue hour mm-hmm. where he's just running all over this boiler room yelling at her and menacing her and slapping her around and yeah yeah and, and it's intercut with like ken continuing on to get to yeah arriving you know fighting mm-hmm. shin yeah but so, you know we can skip all of his grossness now i wanted to point out because like i really like that th- this setup for this character that like the only thing keeping him from his head exploding mm-hmm. is that he wrapped himself up in leather yeah. bandages and they've shown that like when it starts to come undone, parts of his head are like, ah, and just got to strap it back down. Yeah. So you, you pretty much the entire movie, you know what's coming. Yes. That someone just has to go yoink and remo- <laughs> remove it. And suddenly he's like, ah, my head, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's eventually <laughs> where this goes. But it's like after lots of menacing and yeah. to the point that like, I'm honestly not sure what his intentions were. Like, did he just... He was just he just a he was just sociopath having, who like yes. pain. He was just having a good time. You know, was he going in for the rape? You know, it's like it's it's very unclear because at one point yeah. he's like, "We're going to spend the rest of our life together, and I'm going to beat the shit out of you yeah. now, and you're going to die." It's like what? Yeah, like because, yes, right, you're, yes, that's true, but you know, like well, right away know. he goes to like she's like been beaten up, and right. she says his name, and he's like, "That's the last words you're going to say." while your mouth fills with blood and you die right here. And this is like three minutes into him slapping her around. So, well, he's been chasing her for a while Yeah, because she kind of tricks him into get the way she initially gets away from him is like, she wakes up and she's in like this boiler room Mm -hmm. and she's, and she starts like listening to the floor. She's like, there's something going on under here. And he's Mm -hmm. like, he puts his head against it and she drops a bookcase on him. (laughs) Yes. Rather than just like yank that strap off his head Mm -hmm. and watch his head fucking explode. Maybe she didn't understand the strap thing. Maybe it took she her. She was minute. there when he did the punch thing, and he's like, "Oh my head!" Yeah, she should have known. <laughs> she <laughs> should have known. Wait, before that, maybe moment, she didn't no head straps. It. Yeah. After that moment, maybe she didn't understand it. Okay, yeah. maybe took her a few minutes. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Yeah. But but yeah. So she. This is all going on while Kenshiro has made it up to Shin's mm-hmm. big marble room. Yeah. Like I said, this was going intercut, and the reason why she said his name was because. They were kind of equally fighting. Kinshiro was kind of sort of still kicking his ass. Mm-hmm. And then Shin basically goes like, yeah, I, you know, I don't know why you're here. Julia's dead. And that's just like fucking devastates him. Like it should send him into a further rage. But no, he's that just was like, my thinking. Yeah. It's like he, that's, that should be like, all right, fuck you then. I mean, he yeah. just seriously stops. It was like, what? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. And, and then Shin beats the fuck beats out the of fuck him. out of him. And he falls down to the ground and sees where the magic seed landed and started to sprout. Yep. And he was like. Julia and she's like Kinshiro at the same time you mm-hmm. know like we had a connection yes. and yeah. that's so like I said they're just bringing it up that like it was the very end of the nastiness with Chris Penn and her yeah but like yeah. kind of the middle was, part of this fight was they were both at their worst because yeah. Shin had used his glowing hand move and mm-hmm. and I was like okay because Ken's like chest explodes with all this blood coming out and his arms explode with all the blood coming out mm-hmm. and I was like I guess he's dead. Yeah. 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 yeah I was like, huh, this is a <laughs> shitty way to end this movie. Weird ending. So well. <laughs> yeah. The, the end because of the, the other fist guy, of the North Star. Yeah, because the other guy fucking died. Mm-hmm. The other guy was like, yeah, dead, dead. And he's got special blood. Mm-hmm. Lots of it, I guess. But yeah, no, he just like, <laughs> but yeah, he, he gets that power of like, oh, maybe she's still alive and or I'm, I, yeah, I probably need to murder you for this and mm-hmm. just 
Yeah, and he gets up, and that's when Shin's still holding up the yellow, the glowing fist thing, and the glow kind of fades away. Yeah, he loses he's like, the glow. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's just like, what's that? Where did my power yeah. go? And yep. you kind of, I was waiting for like a power transfer of like, now mm-hmm. I've got it. You know, like he just pulls it out of his chest or whatever. It's just yeah. like, ah, now I have the power. Not enough money in the budget for no, an extra special effect. That, so. but then Kenshiro just, there's a lot of fake slow motion. Little, a lot of digital slow motion of him. Yeah. Jump Ra- kicking. Roundhouse and, kicking. and Yeah. And eventually he does the head explode punch thing on the guy. Mm-hmm. But, but. It doesn't explode his head. No. He's got too much hair. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, that was the other part is it's like, come on. You have exploding head move. Yeah. You do it on this guy and his head doesn't explode. Yep. He just kind of like collapses on the floor. Mm-hmm. And he's too powerful to just be yeah, ordinarily exploded. I think that's kind of what it is. Because like same, he kind of did the same sort of move to the Vader dude. And yeah. it's like, yeah, he's big dude. He's powerful. Doesn't work on him. I get that. But, but fuck that guy. Yeah, he should like, give us something. He should do it twice. Yeah. yeah give us, the guys give us something. You know, this guy just kind of like collapses. Yeah, like, well, like to the point where at the end, when like when what happens, is he beats the shit out of him mm-hmm. and then stumbles his way downstairs and there's another group of 40 guys ready to fucking murder him. Yeah. And they all suddenly bow down. And that's when Julia comes up behind him. Yeah. Hugs him. Looks into his eyes. Doesn't look particularly happy that he's alive or anything. No. Like just kind of has this completely blank expression. Yep. And they kind of, they pan the camera behind these, this weird statue of Shin. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the point, the way he gets, the way that Shin goes down I was totally expecting him to come back out at the very end, you know, and get like the whole, uh, the whole diehard, ah, you know, yeah. I'm still alive thing. And then, you know, get the, some kind of death that suits him. Well, especially because they take the last shot over to his statue. Like, that's the last thing you see is Shin's statue. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, okay, obviously something's going to happen here, but then it doesn't. And you're like, oh, well, all right. They had no idea how to get out of this. <laughs> So they just yeah. cut to black. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was it like Casas Mandalore's like, you're not putting that apparatus on my head? Well, I mean, they, they kind of did an ending for his character. Because, like, because what happens is, like, he, he beats the hell out of him. He's on the ground. And then he says something like, you know, I was building this new world for Julia. And he's like, what? She's alive? And and <laughs> Shin says, oh, no, she's totally dead, dude. Ha <laughs> ha And then mm-hmm. that's when Ken just fucking punches him in the forehead mm-hmm. and he just goes cross eyed like, you know, birdies around his head. And then that's yeah. it. And that's when I was expecting, like, you know, punch through forehead, turn into yeah, meat kind like of. It was. But it just no. Um, but so they kind of did have like a little ending for him, but it still didn't seem like enough. Yeah. No. But the rule, the rule is your main villain has to get the worst death. Yes. That's how these things work. Yeah, and he doesn't. It's it's it will always be not satisfying if the villain doesn't get his yeah. well, at the end. I, I my only exception to that is that sometimes I think the head henchman is worse. And okay, usually, yeah. and Chris and, Penn gets it pretty bad. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, yeah, because we didn't even talk about what happened to him. Yeah, he he got his. Uh, she there was a strap loose on his <laughs> on his cranium <laughs> shield, and she grabbed it and got it caught in some gears right and the gears just start spinning and unraveling his belt and then his head just you know mushroom clouds and yeah he gets a good head explosion yes he does yeah for being such a shithead he gets a good death (laughs) yeah yeah i'm just saying like sometimes it's it's more fun to me if the 
if the head henchman has been done worse things to more people for them to get it worse like think about it in Die Hard Carl gets killed twice yeah Hans just falls yes. out of a building yeah you know <laughs> but I mean the dudes in the first fight with the Fist of the North Star got it worse than mm-hmm. I mean you know yeah I would have rather have seen Shin got his heart punched through from his back to his front. Something. Anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it seemed like that. It seemed like the, the effects that they used on that first fight should have all been saved for him fucking up Shin. He should have yeah. jacked his jaw and punched uh, his heart through his chest yeah. they, they and then exploded his head. should have paid a, a couple thousand bucks for somebody to make a fake uh, Costas Mandalore head mm-hmm. and fucking Riccio the shit out of that. Just yeah. punch it right through the into the ground. Or just use real Costas Mandalore. He I'm wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't doing much. Yeah, I mean, come on. The guy didn't have a good agent. Yeah, you could probably get away with it. I don't know. Yeah, so that you know that's more like Costas needs more gore. <laughs> 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 Yeah, what uh, joke. no Stargrove. No, the soundtrack Although, is fucking good lord. <laughs> it's overbearing. Oh, working overtime. It's soundtrack. not just that. It's like the mix. It's just like they've I, got they've yeah. got like if it was on a, a, a scale of ten, they got the soundtrack at eight and the dialogue at a six. Yeah, and it's like yeah, it's just it's intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in the scene where he actually gets beat up. You know, where we find out yes. what happened in the, the flashback one is just like the most overwrought thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, the opening credits set the stage because they are just the most heroic. Like when the editor credit comes up and it just launches into epic hero theme, you're just like, man, hey, editor Superman and composer in this? Were dating. <laughs> the editors of the movie are the heroes. Of the I, movie. I suppose. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, the score goes for it. Um. Yeah, I guess we uh, rate it. That's yeah. that's what what we usually do. Rate mm-hmm. this bitch. Yep. Uh, I'll go. Okay. I'm first mm-hmm. of all. all right. Um. There's like there's head explodey things, <laughs> and lots of punching and kicking, so I can't, in good conscience, give this bags in of any way, shape, or form. However, I'm going to give it the bare minimum of one jocks, and. It's just, and now I'm going to tell you why. I, it's just like this movie. This movie feels like it blows every opportunity, and it feels like they blew parts of the budget on things that were not important. Like, don't get me wrong. I I like world building in a movie. If your world is more than just, I don't know, it's post apocalyptic. These people hoard stuffed animals. This guy's got a condiment buffet. You know, it's because I mean, we didn't even talk about like his his main hallway, the museum of shit you find in your cabinet. Yeah, like his main (laughs) royal hallway. Like he's got this like pretty pimping little you know sort of mini throne up there with some pillows and shit. Mm -hmm. But like all down it are like these lit up display things with like jars of olives and shit like that. It's just like, I mean, Maraschino cherries. They're, I guess they're a delicacy and I get it. They I mean, like flaunting it or whatever. It looks silly. Does it? Each it, of these glowing podiums has like two things of mustard. Right. On it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you built all this and it's like, how about you make a couple more dudes heads explode or have them rearrange somebody else's face or break of, you know, some compound fractures or something. Well, here. I guarantee you that was an actual building. That was a lobby of an actual building. Sure. There's no way they built that. That was too nice compared to everything. Else. Right. Yeah. I, but I mean, like some of the they didn't need all the motorcycle things. I mean, I would have been fine with them like rolling up and rah, just on foot. I mean, I don't care how they got there. 
You know, it's just, um, there, it seems like there's little things that they yeah. mismanaged the budget, and it's like, it should have gone to more punching and blood fountains. Well, like, they had that cool, like, caged micro or uh, motorcycle, you know, that, that was like, yeah. it had like a sphere around it and had machine guns on it, and that thing never did fucking anything. Like, there was no reason for yeah. it to have protection or guns on it, because all it did was ride through town, and the guy on it went, yeah. Yeah, so he I really did. Yeah, rah. he did. He I mean, there's there's still like some enjoyable dumb shit in this, but it, I mean, it is just missed opportunity of the movie, like left and right, really. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's mm. a barely recommend. Okay. I will agree with you. Uh, it. There are three things that I really like about them. Uh, the one thing that I can think of right now is Clint Howard maniacally gunning people down from a motorcycle. So I am glad that they kept the motorcycle stuff in there. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know. It just feels, for me, it felt like a lot of it fell flat. And I know that a large amount of my sort of unease with this movie in general, because I just didn't feel right about it the entire time. Um, and a lot of that is due to the soundtrack, which was like, a billion decibels compared to literally everything else. But also the soundtrack itself is relentless and exhausting. It's always going. It's always at a 10, not just volume level, but like, but energy level. It's just there's always going. There's this one point where like it's outside and the, and the soundtrack is just going nuts. Then it like cuts to inside and it just stops. And it's like, it's so, it's such a stark, like we've been hearing this shit for the whole movie that when they do this hard cut to the inside, it's like, where'd the music go? Now this feels weird and empty. Yeah. Like, it's a relief, but like at the same time, it's like, it's such a weird hard cut. And when it, when it goes away, it is yeah. never, never away for long. It's right. going to come back with a vengeance. Um, it just, it, it, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of a mess. I wish I had liked it more. There are, there are some bones there that I like. Um, there are some things they could have definitely done. Um, or there's some things that they did well, and the general, the general fighting, the forty dude fight towards the end, I really liked. Uh, just most of the stuff in between, kind of fell flat. Vader was nice. <laughs> um, it's one jocks. Eh, 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 I'm very meh about this one. Yeah. Very. Eh. Yeah. I'd almost give it a zero, maybe if I could, mm. but I'll give it one. Give it one for Clint Howard on a motorcycle. Good. Good for you. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm so torn on this movie because at face value, it's the same movie as last week's movie in that it's a universe that's a bunch of bullshit and it doesn't bother to explain any of it. And it's like it's kind of up to you to be familiar with the source material. But if you're familiar with the source material, you're going to hate the movie. It feels like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the the thing I like most about movies for the most part when I watch them is story and pacing and putting A to B to C and making sure that your story makes sense so that I can care about all your extra bullshit. And this movie's terrible at that. The The pacing is atrocious. The, the storytelling is barely there. There are so many shots in the first 30 minutes of this movie that take so long to establish something, usually nothing. It's just mm-hmm. panning across a wall or something until you can get to the two characters who are about to have a conversation. It's like all this time is fucking wasted. And then there are these weird edits of flashbacks and, and sometimes like the flashback will end and then you go back to it later. So you've missed like the part where Chris Penn has figured out to strap his head into this belt thing. Like they, that's never even shown. 
It's just implied. And that seems silly. Like, that's kind of a crucial moment of that scene as Chris Penn's head is about to explode and he figures out that he can strap it down and live. And that's not even in this movie. That's weird. So it just seems like this movie, the priorities are all in the wrong place. But I was fascinated by this thing from starting. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating to watch. It's like the cast of this is insane. It's got every person who's ever been in a Banff cast movie ever um, and then some. It, it it has, like we were saying, production value that seems better than it deserves to have. Like we've seen other mid-90s movies that look like they were just, you know, shot on a street and in a shopping mall. And, it, you know, like that first Gary Daniels movie we watched didn't have that much of a budget. Mm-hmm. This has a lot of budget and they use most of it. It just they don't use it well. I I don't know. I feel I feel like there's maybe footage of this movie somewhere that it could be fixed. Like, I, I feel like there's canisters of film somewhere like that shot of piles of 40 bodies in the lobby exists. And some yeah. studio asshole was like, no, nah, no, nah, we get the idea. Move on. I, I think this movie could be fixed. And if it can't be fixed, I think you could story beat remake this as long as your storytelling is competent and it makes sense along the way. I think this there's the genesis of a good movie here, like a legit good movie like this could yeah. be an awesome fucking movie. As it stands, I'm giving it two jocks. It's a kind of fun, bad movie that has a lot of problems, but it has a lot of just dumb, cool things in it. And like I said, when we were watching it, Chris Penn seems like he's in a totally fucking different movie because he is just acting his heart out. And other people are either not actors or they're not acting well. Like I've seen Costas Mandalore do better. He doesn't really care here. He's got a cool head of hair, but that's about it. And and a sweet vest. (laughs) And he's sexy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, so. I, I I couldn't talk about a remake. I there was somewhere towards the last twenty or thirty minutes of this movie where I was just like, man, what I wouldn't give to see like the John Wick guys remake this. Yeah, like because they understand piles and piles of bodies, but maintaining a storyline too, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what this that's what this needs is like that slickness between high body count, but also like getting a point across. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you've got the most basic plot. It's it's the plot of every dystopian mm-hmm. movie, but some movies pull it off. And this one, it's like, it's there. It's all there. It's handed to you. Mm-hmm. So It just sounds like a case where you just need to watch the anime, Chuck. Mm. <laughs> you would understand movie. if you watched Maybe you it. I mean, re- just like one movie. Yeah. Maybe you should read the manga. I might, meet, I might read some manga. Manga. <laughs> on my <laughs> tablet device. Manga. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's two jocks. I was going between two and three, but I think I'm sticking with two. Um, it's it's weird. It's got that aesthetic that kind of still works for me. Is that low budget, early 90s sci-fi thing that just, it puts you in a place immediately. And, and it's like, I there's something about that aesthetic that's always going to work for me, even mm-hmm. when it's cheap. And this... It's cheap, but in a way that works, like that it that it's hidden well, that I can really appreciate. I just I think it loses so much of its, uh, you know, so many jocks and so much of its goodwill with me by just not doing things right. Yeah, you know, by kind of just not understanding what the audience kind of wants and the release that the audience needs out of some of these scenes, where there's some of them that are there, but not quite. You know, and I know the director's made other good stuff. You know, he's made like he made Hellraiser two, which mm-hmm. not is, bad. Yeah, he made Amityville. It's about time, which is one of the better 
shitty Amityville movies. Mm-hmm. We kind of liked it. It was dumb in a fun way. Yeah. Um, but I, I just thought there were times he didn't put the camera in the right place. Like, it was so... Like, first of all, they slow down way too much of the movie. Like, the slow-mo oh, is, yeah, the is dumb. And it makes it painfully obvious that kicks aren't connecting. Mm-hmm. Like, the camera is in the worst place for that on countless occasions. Even in the big fight with Shin. Yeah. When he's doing his, like, his finishing kicks. You can tell he's yeah. not connecting in any way. Yeah. And yeah. it's just... And yet then there's other shots like there's one where she's walking down the hall and she's got the kind of the dress draping behind her. Yeah. That's like a really like it's one of those shots where like, holy shit. That's like a trailer shot. Like you would yeah. see that in, in, you know, that would just be some cool moment in a yeah. trailer that, that that like belongs in a much more stylistically mm-hmm. interesting movie like House mm-hmm. of the Flying Daggers. Or yes. Something. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it's got the components are there. Someone had a clue. It's, yeah. I don't know what the story but, is behind the scenes with. This. Yeah. But then they have panning shots down that hallway where, you know, they don't have a steady cam. Yeah. And you know the dolly, like, is the wheel off on yeah. the dolly or something? Because, like, you can just tell it's moving just that yeah. little bit. It was bit. just an old shopping cart. The shopping yeah. cart was right. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's still, like, it, it, like you said, there's something fascinating about it. Mm-hmm. There, there's something where you're like, I want more of this world. Just in every more, way that, just more coherent. Yeah. In every way that Dragon Ball Evolution was not at all interesting. Yeah. This was like. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You almost had it. Like Dragon Ball Evolution, you're like, no, you guys never had it. You should have never even made mm-hmm. that movie. <laughs> no. This was like so close, guys. So yeah. close. So. Yep. Oh well. All right. Well, let's take a break, shall we? Let's. Okay. Second half, half number two. <laughs> Time for more halving. Yes. All mm. right. Uh, so, anybody watching movies besides me? I got one. Yeah? You should Uh-oh. probably go first. Should I? Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> mine's sort of a recap. It's a movie I've talked about before, but it's a movie I rewatched because I'm going to go see another movie tomorrow. <gasps> oh. I rewatched Prometheus. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. After learning that Alien Covenant is much more of a direct, direct sequel, sequel, apparently. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, I was like, all right. I need to see Prometheus again just to see if I catch everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. Um, for me, time has been kind to Prometheus. Um, well, you were never as down on it. As I, I, I wasn't. Were. And like, okay, so I still completely have the problem with Mutt and Jeff, the scientists, and I should mm-hmm. use air quotes, scientists, mm-hmm. yeah. um, because fuck those guys. And it's just stupid what they do and how they go out and everything else about them. Yeah. I mean, there's just no. Like that that whole thing is dumb, but yeah, like honestly, just dumb movie behavior. Yeah, but like honestly, other than that, that's. I feel like that that moment was so dumb that like it made you start looking at everything else too harshly. Because for me, most of the rest of the movie works. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it makes sense. And I realized, I mean, I think it's something I've, I've always known, but like I, I feel like they were so in your face about it and how like Numi Rapace is like so much like you're when you first watch the original alien, you don't know that Sigourney Weaver is the main character. That's kind mm-hmm. of the brilliant thing about it. And that's what yeah. it, it really plays with, with the movie, you know, unless you you're watching it now for the first time. Yeah, of course. Um, but like, you, you don't know that. Cause like every character is given just enough time that you're like, 
any one of these people could survive, could do whatever, you know, you just don't know. Well, they definitely set it up for like Dallas to be correct. Sure. Yeah. Like, he's the, he's the dude. Right. Like, everyone, course, when yeah. everything goes South, everyone's like, dude, what do we do? Tell yeah, us. You're the captain, dude. Yeah. yeah. And you're a dude. But yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> like, so this one, like, you know, obviously it's, it's standing on the shoulders of that giant, you know, in many different ways, but like, I feel like they're so fast and furious and you know from the beginning that Numi Rapace is the lead character of this movie. Yeah. And then like when they start putting her through the paces of like survival, it's it's weird because like I, it, it hit me more this time. Like I, I was getting much more of a serious Sigourney vibe from it this mm-hmm. time because like it's the kind of movie like I was watching it and like I just kept watching it. I was like. It made me mad because people die by like a dog or bees, and I'm like, <laughs> this fucking lady it, it wants to survive, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. the thing is like most people don't have that that kind of survival instinct, and that's why they go out like punks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, if you die by a dog, you don't have a real strong will to live. Like a dog, no <laughs> pack of dogs, sure, but you should be able to take out a <laughs> yeah, dog. You can break its nose. Yeah, you just don't have <laughs> survival instincts. Part. Yeah. You just get a newspaper in you. Yeah. So like, I mean, I'm just you watching this bad dog. And I mean, I'm just like, live. there's like, there's a lot of like, she goes through so much shit. And then mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> I'm going to perform self-surgery, you know, and like five seconds later, be up and running again. And, you know, and, yeah. and, and then it's, it's not like they do it stupidly. It's like they don't make her some superwoman. She is just obviously gritting through the pain as for mm-hmm. everything she's doing. And, and like, I don't, it's, I guess you could almost like classify it as like, almost torture porn but that's like not my enjoyment of it it was just like fuck yeah she's awesome like she wants to live and like i want her to live because she wants to live so much and like i think that's like that part resonated harder than all the other nitpicky things i could possibly have about the movie Mm because like there's still lost-esque dumb things like why would you do this if you're going to do this and you you know this? You know, like, you can still pick it apart that way. But the, the one that's just in your face is just the dumb scientist. I mean, like, seriously, that fucker just looking at a goddamn space cobra and going, hey, look here, look like here, guy, look at pokey friends. pokey. Yeah. Or, like, Hood comes out. And they're like, oh, I do, he wanted, mm-hmm. looks like he want to play. <laughs> Stick a finger up its butt and see what happens. No. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and plus the fact that they were just like, ghost, like, right from the first second, like, everything started to go wrong. I'm like, you're a fucking scientist. Yeah. Like they're just like fuck those two characters anyway. So <laughs> yeah, but no, I I, I I think that that movie's big problem as far as like funneling you towards uh, Numira Pace is there are so many characters in that movie. Mm-hmm. There are so many people on that damn ship. There are, and you like, don't and even Idris like, Elba. Does he ever even leave the cockpit? No. Well, he does that. You don't see it, but yeah. he gets to go okay. one place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, he seems but it's just super, superfluous to that. No, he actually yeah, he goes just, outside and um, helps. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He, yeah. yeah, but but and I mean, he goes it's to like the, to the room too. Yeah, but 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 the the problem is when you have a movie with so many characters, you don't have the time to explore them all. You okay. know, like Alien oh, will dude, always work so well because there's seven characters. Yeah, there's and that's there's, it. There's dudes in the cargo bay that like never even get a line. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, there's there's like you come to find out there's like a whole goddamn team on this like, and that there's like apparently servant people for a character later that you don't mm-hmm. know about but yeah. i'm just saying like it's like there, there's a lot of people on the ship and like there was only maybe maybe 20 sitting in the briefing room in mm-hmm. the beginning but there's yeah that's the only thing that really worries me about covenant mm-hmm. is like knowing that it's the ship full of people yeah and it's like yeah well and, and well and the advertising has just fucked it well i've mostly been avoiding it yeah so. you're you're in good shape then <laughs> 
But no, I just I, I liked it more. Like I I think I the little like the blatant flaws bugged me more, and the other stuff just kind of rolled off my back. Mm-hmm. You know, time was kind to it. Like I was like, all right, I was I was ready to see this again. It seems like a lot of people are coming around on Prometheus yeah. or were quiet about yeah about it when everybody else was being like ah fuck this movie yeah, yeah. I, I just so, i just think like you when you have something that's that, how it sounds when you have something that dumb it's it, it sends you in that path of like oh what, what else is wrong with this yeah it's pushed you over the yeah, yeah. it's just like this is so dumb that i must now analyze this through that dumb lens and yeah, find everything dumb about it you're like ah this movie's stupid yeah fuck everything about it and then then all you're doing is looking for the stupid from then on yeah. and then I, everything is stupid. i i overheard a conversation at work today and it's just like there are people that if you know something about a thing and thing is even remotely wrong, fuck thing forever. Mm-hmm. Like I was surrounded by IT people talking about how they couldn't watch 24 because of Chloe and her damn sockets. And I'm like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. Do you really want <laughs> yeah. them like talking actual tech speak? No. Yes, actually, I do. No, <laughs> no I you don't. <laughs> I go to the movies to fucking escape. And, you know, as long as it sounds plausible in whatever techno babble they're sh- doing, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a movie's job is to wrap you in its its veil of plausibility. Right, right. You know, and, and either some have done their job and sold you on their world and you're in or they fucked up and you're just you've turned on it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's going to always be the balance. But, you know, it's it's different for other people. There's people who still like Jurassic World. I remember coming out of that people like, oh, the product placement was just fuck everything. And I'm like, they're in a theme park. Of course, there's going to be product placement in the goddamn movie, yep. you know, and, and for me, they, it was like, yeah, but other people that was like, no, that was it was so bla- it was shitty. It was so blatant. And it's like, OK, you know, if that doesn't work for you, that that's that was your your bubble was more fragile than mine was. Walk into any like like you said, walk into any theme park. Yeah. Tell me. Show me a place where there aren't some fucking brands on display. Like other than Disney, but Disney's brand mm-hmm. is on fucking display yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's the same way. Like like Prometheus, I, I, I think I just I wanted. I had built myself up too much for that one. Mm-hmm. I, I think five years now, and I can't believe it's been five years since that movie came out. That a rewatch, I probably need to do that and just, and not focus on oh Charlize Theron is running away from the spaceship directly in the line of the spaceship instead of running to the left or right. But you know. <laughs> Just shit like that. Yeah. Which, like you said, compounds because, oh, scientists want to poke a cobra in the face and then are so shocked when they get bit by it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. <laughs> Man who voted for the cobra biting my face party is yeah. surprised when cobra bites his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm yeah. definitely going to try and watch that tomorrow before seeing Covenant. We'll see. I got a podcast to edit. Man, it's rough. So, Chuck. Yeah. Mine's quick. Okay. Um, so I've just been kind of going through like streaming services, looking for movies I missed out on just, you know, to kill time. And so I, um, I, I've always skipped over this movie for various reasons that I'll explain, but I felt like now was the time I sat down and watched 2009's the love guru starring Mr. Mike Myers. Cool. What else, what <laughs> wow. else you got to talk about? Uh, Chuck. Yeah, I know. So Chuck, here's the it thing. was just cause it was there. Chuck. Well, here's the thing. When that movie came out, the, the, a lot of uh, several years had passed since the last Austin Powers movie, and Mike Myers was not exactly doing much. And I, at the time, without having seen this movie, I felt like when the Love Guru came out, the reaction to it was harsher than 
what it might have deserved. I, it kind of felt like a fuck you for trying to think you can do this again and not make an Austin Powers movie. Like it kind of felt like that you've been gone a little while and now you think you can come back and do the same thing again. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So I kind of avoided it. I kind of avoided everything about it and kind of forgot about it. And then I went and watched it. No, fuck you, Mike Myers. That movie's fucking terrible. Like it is it is offensively bad. It's unbelievable. And it makes me now want to go back and watch the Austin Powers movies and make sure that I don't, wasn't wrong about them. Don't. I mean, I, I, I know don't. from like, I, look, I know from like a public consciousness standpoint, they're going to suck because all the catchphrases have been incorporated into everyday dialogue by your idiot coworkers. Oh, really? <laughs> and BJ. But <laughs> he's I, an idiot coworker. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, to somebody, I'm an idiot. Coworker. No, I mean, this is a thing. This is a venture that yeah. we do. Oh, I haven't yeah, gotten we, paid yet. Oh, I, it is. It yeah, is let's talk to HR. About <laughs> it is a shockingly bad movie. I mean, it is unbelievably bad. Like just looking at it, you're like, how did how how was anyone paying attention to this? So mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and what's really frustrating about it is that there's like three things in it that are ridiculously funny. And I think two of them are because of Justin Timberlake. So whatever. But good job, JT. Yeah. But I mean, and when I say offensively funny, I don't mean like your jokes are so bad. I'm mad at you. I mean, like offensive, like culturally offensive. Like, why all of a sudden is this? Do you think this is okay? Like making fun of British people. Who cares? Whatever. You know, <laughs> white yeah. people were all dopey. Fuck off. Fuck all of us. But, you know, you start taking on all the cultures and you just think, you know, it's it, what if we just mock the fuck out of Indian people? It's like, no, dude, no, really? No, absolutely not. You're not the person to do this. Fuck you. Wait, I don't think I ever saw this movie. I, I, I never realized he was actually doing a Fisher Stevens short circuit thing. Yes. I I thought it was like I'm a guy cashing in on no thing. he he was raised in India oh okay so he was little dumb Mike Myers and his parents abandoned him which is appropriate and then he was raised in India and wants to be the new Deepak Chopra I, uh... so he's doing Indian everything okay but I mean he's like he was a British kid abandoned there right is no he was an American kid. American whatever okay whatever yeah. I'm, but, I'm confused because he plays British guys from Canada. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't know. But I mean, I mean, again, I haven't seen the movie. I'm just I, I was just thinking like I, I thought it was like he was doing a, you know, an inappropriate uh, Ben Kingsley. No. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's hmm. also one of those movies with cameos in it and none of them make any sense. Like Val Kilmer shows up and you're like, oh, Val Kilmer's here. And then he goes away and you're like, why the fuck was Val Kilmer in that? You know, I mean, it's just like. It's it's not like the Austin Powers ones that kind of fit, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole Jerry Springer thing in the second one. I th- I still think is fucking hilarious, even though who the fuck gives a shit about Jerry Springer anymore? But just the way yeah, but- the way that they reintroduced that character by having him be on the Jerry Springer show, I thought was genius at the time, and yeah. I'm afraid to go back and watch it now. But I still think the second one's the the good one. I, I so I, do I, I agree. That's my opinion. I think the second one's the best one, but. I, I hate the third one. The first one I saw too late because hmm. I saw it after everyone had already started into everything that those movies are that those movies are to in your head now. Yeah. The only really good joke I thought was the uh, steamroller one where the guy's like, ah, yes. and the steamroller's going like half a mile an hour <laughs> yes. and then finally runs him over. Was it in the second one that they did the golf cart in the hallway? 
where he gets it sideways. Gets it and he, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in the first one. That's that was that's in the, the first, first one, one too. Yeah. yeah, that's a good gag. Music is excellent in yes. Austin mm-hmm. Powers. So. Yes, I don't know about Love Guru, but music is excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the only movie that guy ever made. The director. Yeah, hmm. with good reason. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a Wayne's World joke in it that made me irrationally mad. <laughs> <laughs> As in making fun of Wayne's World or recycling a Wayne's World joke? Like, he's driving somewhere and two characters are fighting over the radio station and Bohemian Rhapsody comes on and he just looks at the camera and then changes the channel real quickly. It's like, ugh, God. (laughs) Yeah. It's bad. It it really is. Mm -hmm. They were right. Everyone was right. I will tell you right now, like, do not go back and watch anything you like now <laughs> no no I'm, I'm saying like don't not like you've got to give it some time oh i know because like i know when i like whatever was one of the last times before i finally was like fuck adam sandler you know it was like i didn't want i didn't go back to like billy madison originally because i was like is, i don't want to taint i fucking love billy madison and mm-hmm. like i can't go in there with like i know what you become attitude <laughs> you know well, no, I wouldn't. It's not that I would go back and and look at Austin Powers like that. Like I know, look but what you, I, well, it's it's the opposite of like rose colored glasses. You're looking at it with like you know red tinged anger. You're like I know what you did later, and I, I fuck. I think maybe it's more of a a wokeness. Uh, <laughs> like I I found jokes in this movie to be offensive, okay, and I'm okay. wondering how how that works yeah in, the culture has changed yeah. enough in nine years because so. i was a different person when those movies well, yeah out. i mean there's stuff we said in the first few episodes that were like oh this is probably problematic we probably should have said that better <laughs> yes you know we know what we meant we never meant to belittle anyone or do anything like right. that but the way we phrased it was probably not yeah. the best yes right that that's what i'm I, i'm wondering about the if if watching this movie and this movie's humor is the exact same and i'm just looking at it through a different perspective. That's what I'm curious about. I, it's not like I want to go back and have an agenda or anything like that. It's just like I I need to know if it's equally as offensive. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I watched. Okay, that's all yeah. I have to talk about. All right, so that's uh, not going to be an episode, huh? Oh no, <laughs> no. Probably a good idea. Yeah. All right. Yeah, unless you want Ford Fairlane levels of fun. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Oh man, who nah. doesn't? Yeah, that's me. So you guys, uh, you want some voicemails, some emails, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera? I do. I, I do. Let's start with a voicemail. Okay. okay. <laughs> nice, Chuck. We're in sync. When to become oh, one. There you go. What's up, Bamcasters? It's Pally. It's been a while since I've called in. I figure I might as well. Uh, so a couple things. One. Uh, last week, you guys were talking about the uh, weird things that you picked up from popular culture and everything, you know, like movie quotes and everything. And uh, you guys mentioned the whole uh, uh, Bill Hader uh, parents, uh, Al Pacino joke, and that uh, from, like, some obscure podcast that you guys watched. And uh, that reminded me. There are two celebrity names that have been completely ruined for me because of podcasts. Uh, one, I can no longer hear the name uh, Kiefer Sutherland without uh, immediately repeating it in my head, Kiefer Sutherland, because, uh, because of something that some outtake from some podcast that I used to listen to. And uh, uh, because I'm a fan of uh, uh, Kevin Smith's Hollywood Babylon, 
the name Lindsay Lohan will forever be Lindsay Lohan. Uh, I don't know, just something I need to mention there. Uh, as for a recommendation, uh, I don't have my notes on me because I fucking, you know, typed them up on my computer and left them there. But, uh, there's a movie that I've been meaning to call in for you guys for a while now. And it is a movie called High Voltage, starring one uh, pre-Republican freakout, Antonio Zapata Jr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it is, it's a uh, off-the-walls uh, heist movie. Uh, that takes place in, like, the middle of the desert, and there's just a bunch of crazy shit that goes on. Uh, there is a very uh, important scene with a wedding dress that happens in that movie. Uh, just shit gets nuts. Uh, slow motion jumping over tables. Uh, Antonio Zapata Jr. taking himself way too seriously. It's fucking great. Go and watch it. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't really have anything much else to say except... Uh, Rock on, rock on. Uh, this is Tally Out, sent from my really, really out of tune. I've been as artcore guitar, which I really probably should dust off a little bit more often. Tally Out. Thanks, Polly. I think that's the first instrument that's ever been featured on the yeah, Banffcast. That's pretty good. In 798 episodes. I figured for sure. Pally was going to say that Emojin Poots was ruined for him <laughs> as a celebrity name. Pooty Poots! <laughs> Poots. I apologize for that. <laughs> I, I sure as hell really can't do. see that name without thinking Harlow over here. I swear, if I, for whatever reason I ever meet that lady, the first thing I'm going to do is just apologize. <laughs> like, she has no idea any of us exist. I know. Don't worry. No, I just, I feel like I, I still owe an apology. Mm-hmm. I, I made fun of your name. I know you don't know about it, but I'm Poot. still apologizing. That's good of you. If you if you want to find the uh, Bill Hader thing, um, if you Google Bill Simmons podcast Bill Hader 2009, that's how long ago we found this shit and it's Ooh. been lurking around. Same yeah, year as our. You sent me the link and I had to listen to it. Yeah, and it's, it's still as funny as it's it was. what I say it was around the, like the 45 minute yeah. mark. If you don't want to listen to the whole damn yep. thing, yeah, yeah. It's, a, I, it's I, around there. That's why like starts the story that leads into it. I was giggling like an idiot at my desk listening to that. Just. It's it's really it's a really good story, and you found it because I I what I didn't even know who Bill Simmons was at the time. Hmm. Yeah, it's one of the most popular podcasts on the internet now. So go figure. Yeah. Okay, really? Like all, all it took HBO was getting, for like three weeks. Yeah, all it took was getting fired by ESPN, and then yeah, then people like you. Yeah, <laughs> funny. If you're huh. on ESPN, fuck you. If you leave ESPN, strange. Hey. If you're already a celebrity, <laughs> you can have the most popular podcast of all time. Well, right. huh? Huh. He's new and notable. He started before us. So. Huh. Yeah. I'll give him credit for that. He was least. on ESPN while he started his podcast, wasn't he? Yeah. Sure. It's also he Bill was a Simmons. writer. For, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But thanks, Pally. High Voltage. Forgot to mention. William Zabka's in it. Yeah. There's a bunch of people in it. Yeah. So. Sweet I don't know. Time. That guy's a cock, so I don't really want to watch one of his movies, but whatever. Oh. Who? Antonio Sabato? Mm-hmm. Junior? Yeah. Antonio Shu Jr. <laughs> oh shoe june it's a, it's, shoe it's, june. it's tony booty oh, oh we're doing shoe tony june. booties tony boot tony oh. booties tony boots that's a that's a zabato jr is a booty a booty <laughs> tony yeah. booty 
All right. He's related to Moach and Poots. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one up is from Nils, who says, uh, alternative Dragon Ball recommendation. <laughs> Don't watch Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Greetings, casters. Nils from Southern Utah here. I wish I had been in the live chat when you covered Dragon Ball Evolution last week, but sadly, I was away from home. I know your Dragon Ball knowledge is very limited, so to give you a reference, Dragon Ball Evolution adapts a story from the source material less actually than films like Young Einstein, FDR American Badass, and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter did. Oh. If you want to see a live action adaptation of Dragon Ball closer to the original material and that falls more in your wheelhouse, check out 1991's Dragon Ball The Magic Begins. It's an unlicensed Taiwanese produced movie that had a budget of probably one eighth of the boat money Ernie Hudson got for doing Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> As an adaptation, it has inaccuracies and looks cheap, but it is 99.9% closer to the source material than what you were exposed to last week. How a studio spends $30 million on a Dragon Ball movie and leaves out the magical flying cloud and shape-shifting pig, I don't know. What? Apparently there's a magical flying cloud and a shape-shifting pig. Mm-hmm. Oh. They left him out. I knew about the cloud. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I've, uh, seen, I've seen that on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> As, as it is, anime again, I would like to re-recommend that you should take a look at Dracula, Sovereign of the Damned. Uh-huh. I think you would have fun with it. Or if you're feeling masochistic and want to experience Forbidden Zone levels of pain and suffering, you nope. can watch Baby's Kids. Crash and Burn, Nils out. P.S. I wanted to tell Chuck and Harlow I'm enjoying BMF Extra's trip through Shaw Brothers Land. Oh. Which is we're on hiatus. So, we're sorry it's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as you're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening on the regular feed, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. coming take, to an end. Taking a quick break. Yeah. It'll be back eventually. Yes, it will. Yeah. So. But thanks. It'll I be didn't re- know. reunited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really didn't like Bebe's kids, apparently. I thought that was uh, yeah, I didn't a good recommendation. That, yeah, I didn't think that had a horrible reputation, but. I, I don't know. Hey, man, to each their own. Indeed. Maybe we'll watch a more accurate Dragon Ball thing. And actually, young, next year. Young Frankenstein. I mean, other than the jokey parts. Young Einstein. Young oh, Einstein. you say Young Einstein? Yeah. yeah. I heard Frankenstein. Yeah, no, Young Einstein. Yeah. Okay, I was like, Young Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's pretty close to yeah. the source material, except for when it goes for jokes. Yeah. I was no. like, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, on the other hand. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. Actually, I guess that's even more close to the original source mm-hmm. material, but it's a fucked up movie. Which I kept wanting to say in the first half that the one dude, the dragon scale guy in this movie, just looked like they got the the blueprints for Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Robert De Niro makeup and just slapped it on this guy. It's like, okay, go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cause when I first saw him, I was like, De Niro's in this suite, but he's not. All right. Next one up. Steve, like the bird heron, you know him. I know him. Everyone knows him. He says, I got a trig mid to her tomorrow and I'm being chased by Guido, the killer pimp. Oh, Bamf cast. Steve, like the bird here with little squawk and such. The quest to conquer as many high school films as possible continues. And this week we have a big one. 1983's Risky Business. This movie is something. This movie <laughs> hit me on a very personal level. I've never seen a movie so perfectly capture my hometown. Every character reminds me of someone I know. And I don't mean that as a compliment. I know a million shitheads like Tom Cruise in this movie. And the film's portrayal of his parents is so accurate it's almost scary. I truly think you aren't supposed to like anyone in this movie. It's very much a, co- a commentary on the Reagan era. Even just three years in, the attitude of the decade was set. Everyone is despicable in their own way. Everyone is an entitled elitist bastard. Everything is a competition. Who has the nicest car? Who's going to the best school? Etc. 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 It's just a bunch of hollow people killing time. This entire movie is the dark side of just saying what the fuck. (laughs) 
Almost everything about this movie works. The soundtrack is incredible. Tangerine Dream can do no wrong. The movie is gorgeous. Every frame is soaked in neon in the best possible way. Apparently, three different cinematographers worked on the movie. Director Paul Brickman just kept firing them. You'd never be able to tell, though. The dialogue is sharp. All the performances are good. Joey Pants shines, in particular for me. His, scene, his final scene is fantastic. The ending is weak. I've watched Brickman's preferred ending on the Blu-ray, and without giving anything away, I'd have to agree with him. It fits the film much better. All in all, Risky Business is dynamite. It works as a drama just as well as it works as a satire. But I fucking hate it. <laughs> I just want to crawl into my TV and punch everyone on screen. I can't get over how much it reminds me of my hometown and the exact reasons I'm leaving. Bamfcast, has there ever been a movie you know is good, maybe even great, but can't stand for oddly personal reasons? Crash and Burn, see like the bird out, sent via my Apple Lisa. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, let's start with Risky Business. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, been a, it's been a while. Long time Probably 10 years since I've seen it, so. But it is interesting like that so much of the stuff from the 80s that at the time we're all like, man, yeah, it would be awesome to be Tom Cruise in that movie, you know? And then it's like, <laughs> You watch it now and you're like, man, he's kind of a shitbird, yeah. you know. And it feels like every '80s movie, like Animal House. Watching Animal House, I'm like, fuck oh, these guys. Yeah, these I, guys are assholes. Man, time in that movie, I just, I like, I hate the people that are supposed to be the heroes of that movie so much now. Yeah, I've been finding that in some things lately of just like, well, it seems to be comedies. Uh, yeah, like comedies. I don't know if comedy shifted somehow, but you know, thinking about like Fletch. Where there's a lot of just like, man, Fletch is kind of just an asshole to everybody who's good to him. He is. I, I don't know. I Fletch is still Fletch, a yeah. perfect movie for me. Probably Chevy Chase's best movie. But I can see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the 80s was all about just being an asshole. That, that's, that was the 80s. That was the mentality. It was just you're free and clear to be an asshole. Whether you're on top or not. Mm-hmm. You're either yeah. fighting the man and you're an asshole or you're the man and you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, a, you know, they just honing in on the whole 80s thing. I mean, Wall Street mm-hmm. is really great. And Gordon Gecko is a really compelling character. But mm-hmm. it's also like so many people have taken the complete wrong fucking message from that movie. Yeah. And just. Like I, I knew dudes in college. It, it, all business majors are like, "Man, Gordon fucking Gecko, am I right?" And I'm like, "No, you're totally wrong. You're an <laughs> asshole." Yeah. Like, greed is bad. Like, you're a shitty person if you think that this guy is like some model to be honed after. But I mean, but I can also say that movie's awesome. Like, that is a really terrific movie. But you know, fuck the message that people didn't get right from it. You know, in a lot of the same ways Fight Club is, mm-hmm. where it's like. Fuck, fuck you for not getting it. <laughs> I think Gary Glenn Ross, every... Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yep. Every, like, high-energy salesperson's like, hey, you ever seen Glengarry Glenn Ross? Yeah. You know that Alec Baldwin scene? That's the shit, man. Let's watch that. Let's. I'm yeah. going to show it to you. I'm the cool sales <laughs> I, dude. I'm going to show it to say, you. That dude's the fucking shit. Coffee's for closers. <laughs> Second place is steak knives. Third place is you're fired. Is so fucking good, though. <laughs> I mean... That's really well written. Yeah, yeah, like, I know. But you don't you don't need to aspire to be fucking Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Glenn Ross because you are a mega piece of shit. Yeah, if you're that guy, I, I think like the Wall Street thing is just people saying, "Well, the downfall won't happen to me. I'm smart." Mm-hmm. You know, it's it that that's everything. That's like when people watch drug movies and then they go do drugs. It's like 
didn't you just watch train spotting what's wrong with you <laughs> i think the, i think the funniest thing is like we're now at a point where we have people growing up and looking to boiler room oh god as an example uh, where they talk about watching glenn uh, glenn ross yeah. and wall street as things and it's like <laughs> we're now a, a, like we are an entire yeah. reference level removed from the original source material yes but to me it's, it's funny because like the first thing i always think of is the sopranos when they'd sit around and watch goodfellas and the godfather mm-hmm. and have the discussion about which one's better and it's like you don't fucking get it. Like yeah. <laughs> these are trying to tell you not to do these things. Yeah. Like it's like they're not instruction do you manuals. Understand guys? The words <laughs> cautionary tale. Yeah. yeah. But fuck you. That's my name. Is also another like they're two perfect lines yeah. from mm-hmm. Glenn Glary. Glenn. I can't words, but from that movie. Right. Um. Don't emulate them, kids. No. Don't be Gordon Gecko. You can be Patrick Bateman if you want. I guess. No. Well, that guy no. really didn't do anything. That movie's that's all a dream. So. Is it? I believe it is. Is it? I think it is. That's like just your opinion, man. It is pretty much my opinion. I don't really know. <laughs> but like as far as movies where knowing they're good but not liking them on a personal re- re- for a personal reason, I, I could probably think of examples. Nothing's coming to me right now. I've got like, one that I... jumped out right at the beginning as soon as this came up. I mean, I think he'd probably agree with me. I can recognize that it's probably a good movie. I kind of fucking hate it and never want to see it again and that's the master oh yeah, I, yeah okay yeah. fine yeah perfect i, agree I, with I you mean on that. like i i can recognize that maybe this is a masterpiece and and based on his other filmography sure mm-hmm. probably yeah but fuck if i ever want to see that again yeah oh i have plenty of movies that i i watch and go that's a fantastic movie i never want to see it again um i mean i kind of would take back watching it originally and just be like, yeah, that's probably good. No, I mean, seriously, like I just did not enjoy any of it. It just feels like a movie that I'm too lazy to unpack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me feel bad about myself that I'm too lazy to unpack it Mm. and figure it out. But it's like, whereas something like 2001, I could watch dozens of times and find something new and like, Sure. think about shit in that but you've, but you've been doing that and for be a while challenged i mean if i, I, I think if you were to present me with like a lot of bergman movies now i'd be like fuck this shit yeah like i don't want to read into what this means but like at the time it was like yeah this is cool i symbology and shit <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and me any any movie with zach braff in it i don't care how good they are <laughs> i whenever he shows up on screen i want to punch him in his face <laughs> As hard as my fist can go, like <laughs> fist of the North Star exploding top head punch. It's, it, it's and such, it's just it is it's such a shame him. that you can't enjoy Scrubs. Like there's so much good Scrubs stuff in Scrubs. So good. It's not all good, but there's some great yeah. in it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I no, I get it. Like I said, yeah. I, I mean, I just see that guy, and it's like, man, God, it would feel good to put my fist in his face <laughs> at a high velocity. I don't disagree, but I like Scrubs. Okay. My wife loves it. She ticked that I'll never watch it with her. Like, well, I, oh, I well. mean, to me, I, Donald Faison, Faison, how you say his name, mm-hmm. I, he's just always great. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, he's like your boring kind of, you know, milk toast guy. It's like it, you know, it could be anyone. It's like I made a reference to it earlier. It's like who fucking knows anything other than the dude was an architect about how I met your mother guy. He's the most boring character on there. Yeah, he's, it's it's like Seinfeld can be funny, but as a character, he was generally. Just this, you know, the cipher, the things happened around him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ted, Ted, hmm? Ted, Ted from Ted, yeah, yeah. Your Mother. Yeah. That's his name, right? Ted. Yeah. I'm Ted. just saying, like, that, you know, it's like people go, like, he's an architect and the whole show's about how he met his wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, but otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't know a thing about him. Yeah. Uh, psych. 
that TV show that inexplicably had like a hundred seasons. Um, and I guess it just ended or is ending. Um, the like three or four seasons I watched of that, I would like to punch almost everybody in that in the face, but I really enjoyed the three or four seasons I watched. <laughs> <Okay>. <clears throat> There's something about it. Everybody's just a little too smarmy, but you kind of mix it up and put them all together on screen and See, it's like, funny. Me with shows like that, when, when characters start to get like that for me, I just stop watching it. Like both Walking Deads for me have just been like, I hate everyone in this entire universe. I have better things to do. Mm-hmm. And I just pretend like that show doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. yeah i guess there is stuff like like yeah walking dead i still i don't know why i still watch honestly because i kind of know i know the comics enough to know that it's not going to go anywhere that i like right but i keep watching anyway i don't know i feel kind of that way about alien movies at this point <laughs> as well <laughs> where it's just like i i keep letting myself get a little bit excited for alien covenant and i'm like no it's gonna suck and I, and I almost like I have to tell myself that it's, it's, it's going to be shit. Oh, it's I'm in major like pump the brakes on this whole Twin Peaks revival thing. Yeah, I am so fucking scared about that. That they're just going to ruin everything. Well, not that they're going to ruin everything. The they, of the opinion that they did with the movie. Well, the movie ruined everything, but the second season didn't help anything either. Right. But my concern is that and I know this is totally off topic at this point, but it's like those two those two guys made a television show that literally changed how television shows happened from then on like so many different television shows happened because of twin peaks but also those two guys haven't made a television show since mm-hmm. and television has changed and i'm afraid they don't know that yeah. and i'm afraid no one had the balls to tell them that and i'm afraid this is going to be self-indulgent nonsense so i'm fucking terrified so i like all this hype that's been happening the last couple mm-hmm. weeks about Twin Peaks, I'm just been like, man, I don't know. I'll watch those first four episodes because they're all landing on the same day. But eh. <laughs> yeah, it, it it you have to do that these days when it, because we're in the world of just like that thing you like. Here it is again, ah, more of it, and you're like, ah, you There's know, more Arrested Development coming out. I know, and I'm like, oh, and I it, don't know, and I'm like, I, you know, there were some some good jokes in season four, but that season was kind of shit. <laughs> it didn't help that no one was in the same room at the same time, and that really bothered me. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, really, the most egregious thing was like Henry Winkler wasn't even in the same state, and they green screened him into a scene, and I'm just like, this is the worst. This is the absolute worst. <laughs> you have to, you have to, you have to be on your yeah. guard all the time. Wasn't that in, when Netflix Netflix was sort of in its infancy of producing of television? Yeah, yeah, it was only like the fourth or fifth show. Yeah, now they release a new show every six hours, and it's like, yeah, I, yeah. It's not <laughs> weird to think about. Like when they started, it was like House of Cards, Orange Is the New Black, and like what fucking Lilyhammer. Yeah, that, like, Lilyhammer yeah, was like, like, like the first one. Yeah, I think. Was, and like yeah. Hemlock Grove or whatever. Yeah. You know, and now they're just like. Yeah, everyone that came out was a big deal, and when like when like Hemlock Grove sucked, every people were like, oh man, they might not be able to do this anymore. Basically, at this and point, now it's like every fucking show is yeah. there, but they're all word of mouth. You have to wait like three weeks for the internet to go, hey, have you seen this show about depression and suicide? And you're like, no, what is it? And it's like it's on Netflix. It's been on Netflix for a month. You're like, I've never heard of this. I don't want to watch it, but I- <laughs> some of them get press. It's just like Stranger Things got a huge yeah. amount of press, but uh, it's like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I-, I just. It's All a longer discussion stuff. for another day, sure. but I think binge watching has messed up TV. 
And I think Netflix's Agreed. model in particular has fucked up TV because we don't have memorable moments anymore. I like it because I can just lay like a lump on my couch for nine hours and get all the TV. But but I agree it's messed up the, the, the pacing and the... I, I think the importance of the trick have... is to like pace your. I mean, I think yeah. the trick is that you have to pace yourself because I don't think the weekly thing works for me anymore either. Like the like the DC shows when I watch them weekly or you know sometimes a week and I have to have to wait. Mm-hmm. Like it takes me the first ten minutes before I'm like, what the fuck happened last time? I mean, even after like the, the here's what happened last time thing, I just have to like I spend the first ten minutes of the show remembering what happened the week before because you know it's all like just cross noise in my head you know it's like well, yeah what happened here I just, who's going on what's I f- here i feel like we don't have time to digest big moments in shows anymore because when you're binge watching you get a big moment and then you go all right i gotta watch the next episode like it almost hurts big moments in that like you don't yeah they don't you get don't the time get to to, yeah. to sit on them for a while and be like man holy shit i i think it goes both ways though because like there are still shows that i will watch week to week and that have big moments in them and they are fucking ruined by the nonstop discussion of the big moments for the entire week until the next episode comes on. Like, I think I think like that's this, part of just internet. I, I know, but it's like itself. the second an episode ends, eight million websites all publish their review, and then it's just nonstop. Like, here are the seven things you missed. Here are the eighteen things you need to know. Here, what what's with this thing in the trailer? It's like fuck, it just. Yeah, I, I, you can't watch or read any of that shit. I like, know, but it's like reading, you can't look at the internet without being barraged by it. Even if you're not clicking on any of it, it's still all and over I just, the place. I, well, I, I know, just ignore his, the internet. I, know. I, 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 I don't. hate that reviews have come to <laughs> it's like, curated. Hmm. So many reviews are all right. Here's what I think is going to happen next. Yeah, they become like this this half review, half fanfic thing, and that shit's getting old. Yeah, here's what should have happened. Here's what. Well, the yeah, speculation and then, and then the next, next episode it gets a bad review because it didn't do what I figured they were going to do. Yeah, here's in a what, bad way. Here's what should have happened when you're writing your hot take article: delete, <laughs> <laughs> throw into trash, yeah. empty recycle bin. Yeah, I just there's just not any kind of like natural enjoyment anymore. I, I I try to pace myself when I'm watching something on it, especially like I, I find myself when I was watching. The enjoyable Marvel shows. Not, I mean, I, I keep trying. Iron Fist is a fucking slog. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, like when I was watching the good ones, I mean, like a big moment show would happen. I'd be like, oh, I'm done. Like I'm out for the night. Like that's a good place to stop. Unless it was like a cliffhanger. Then it was like, all right, I need yeah. to know what happens because I can. The other. But I mean, if it was like epic fight, epic ending, it was like, fuck, that's it. You know, drop the mic. I'm out for an evening. Yeah. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. time to go watch something dumb. I, I just I, I, I think there are some shows that. The the only way to watch them is is week to week, and I know in some people's minds that can just build up anger. I you know I always go back to Lost. I think Lost is a better show week to week than it is all in a row because all in a row you're not sitting around, you're not letting your imagination wonder about what the fuck is going on on that show. Now ultimately they never tell you, but whatever. It, it's still oh it, Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. Um. But I will say, to that dude's defense, The Leftovers is the fucking greatest thing on television. So, and that's week to week, and that thing's great. And because no one's watching it, there is no nonstop chatter about it. So, well, that's the other one, right? That's Carlton Cuse, right? No, that's Damon. Is it Damon yeah. Okay. Man, we get we went wildly off. On that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good talk. You but... want you want the last voicemail? Yes. 
This is one from the time machine. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, BMF cast. This is Sunny California reporting from indoors, surprisingly. I just finished up re- listening to Ricochet, and I have bad news, BMF cast. You have almost killed me. Um, Ice-T's list of organizations that will assist in protecting Denzel Washington. The Japanese Self-Defense Force. Oh, BJ. Oh, I love you. Love you, too. Um, That is to say, you're still my favorite podcast on the Internet. And I would like to do a quick plug for you saying, the BMF cast, still free, still funny, even with Chuck. Sunny California, out! Damn. Wow. Stone cold, sunny California of uh, when you eventually get to this. <laughs> He's catching up quick. I gotta it'll, be, get it'll be beyond stone cold. It'll be like absolute zero or something. <laughs> hmm. yeah. yeah. Ricochet's a pretty good episode. It is. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pretty got good some iced tea impressions in it. <laughs> <laughs> might, have one or, might have one or two. Mm-hmm. I haven't done an iced tea impression in like a week. I feel. Yeah. yeah. I wonder which yeah, we did Warburton more. Warburton replaced him for a while. Yeah, I was going to say, did we do more Ice-T during Ricochet or more Warburton during oh, God. Space Gems? Do they have a I think we did more Burton. both in it? Yeah. Do you, oh, uh, Lord. It, huh? <laughs> Does IMDb still do have search. that thing hidden deep within the site yeah, where you, you can put two go, actors in? you got to go search. way into the yeah. advanced search. Maybe Warburton was on an episode of SVU. <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Sonny. When you hear this in four months. <laughs> in 2048. Yeah. I don't know at the rate he's catching yeah, up. I was gonna, Ricochet that's, that's, was only a couple months ago. I, either he binge listened, yeah. which we just said don't do. Is, is he doing a cross country trip or Possibly, something? We don't yeah. know how or, he's catching up. Or he just up, said like you know what, just some. Or he's putting to us go. on three times speed and Ooh. just <laughs> cranking them out. <laughs> I'm sad I know to it doesn't actually do that to your voice, but sad to report those two have not worked together. Oh, that's too bad. Ah, uh, Bo, she get ice in here. Call it the space champ. <laughs> Why do I call it space champ? I don't understand, T. Yeah. Anyway. Kids, <laughs> kids are taking metal cap fills and put them in the mouth, <laughs> shooting them up into space. Call it a space champ. Uh, How does that even get you high? <laughs> it's a capsule. A capsule. Yeah. So, you want to give us some uh, contact information there? Yes. Please. <laughs> Please do. I was trying really hard not to Warburton out there for yeah. a second. Um, it takes focus. It mm. does. BMFcast.com is the website. You can email us directly at bmf at bmfcast.com. Uh, you can give us a call, leave us a voicemail like Sunny California. Dial 9105-JOCKS-BMF or 910-556-9263. And uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash bmfcast. And that is where you can give us money and we give you sweet, hot podcasting in return. Mm. Yeah. And lots of it. Boy, is there a lot of it. Man, do we have any, like, bonus impressions that we could put out there so they could buy Warburton? (laughs) (laughs) No. No? That's too bad. (laughs) No. Yeah. Well, before we go, two quick things. Okay. One of them about contact information. We're starting a new thing because we've got this surplus of discs. Hmm. Now that we got all the sweet Patreon money, we're just floating in discs. Right. <laughs> so, Man, so much discs. Yeah. So, well, it's we, everywhere. Well, we decided we to We like do, to call it get off our discs. Yes. 
So what we're going to do, uh, just every week after the show ends, we're going to pick a correspondence of the week, Woo! which is basically whatever resulted in the best conversation. So mm-hmm. each week we'll pick a winner and then you'll get sent a list of all the, the things we got. You get to pick one and we'll send it out to you. So be good. Send in, call in, Facebook tweet us something good that we're going to talk about and you might win a thing. Yeah. Um, Please we, help us. We're Scrooge McDucking and disc, discs. Yeah, boy, we just we're it's up to our knees. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Um, also, want to pimp our trip to Atlanta, Georgia, coming up June 9th through eleventh. Hot Atlanta. Uh, yes. Oh wait, from, we're going to be there on six nine. Nice. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, by design. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, all four of us are going to be there. We're going to the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, which is a just a big old arcade in a hotel that you can go in and you pay at the door and you play a bunch of games. But the most important thing is that we're going to be there. We're right. Be in this city, this giant city where there are actual things to do and you can come do them with us. You could be in the same room with us. You can point and say, I know those guys and be shy or whatever. I'll sign your titties. <laughs> there you go. I BJ, mean, if, if you BJ want to sign your titties, you can sign, you can sign my titties, <laughs> whatever you want. Sure, we're, we're very open. It's whip them out Wednesday over here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but so, um, you know, uh, if you go to uh, our Patreon page, there's a post detailing the entire show and everything is going to happen and we will be there. And that page yeah. is public, so you can see yeah, it without being a, a donor. You'll yeah, no, that's one of the public pages. Mm-hmm. It's got all the information, links, all the things you need to know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, schedule is still subject to float around a little bit. We usually. Saturday evening tried to escape with it from there so yeah we will try to keep you a little more in the know when we get closer yeah. to the event so like if you're like I don't care about games but it'd be cool to whatever yeah. you know get a drink or whatever yep we would probably arrange that we will we will be finding a way to uh imbibe some alcohol yeah and to, and to like if you're if you're in Atlanta hit us up let us know yeah and we'll see we'll do our best to to say hi and there's so much stuff at this show besides games. There's wrestling. There's mm-hmm. concerts. That's right. I forgot about the wrestling. There's a film festival. There's all kinds of things going on at this thing. So follow the link. It's got a link to the Southern Fried Game Room Expo webpage. All the details are there. Check it out. And uh, the most important thing is that we're there. Yeah. And you should be there, too. They had a big tabletop gaming thing last year. Yeah, absolutely. Like almost nobody took took part in it. It was weird. Yeah. But I think that'll be bigger this year. I okay. think people know it's coming. So Good. Yeah. And people know we're coming. Yes, yeah. they do now. We can LARP on a tabletop. Mm. Cool. Well, let's get out of here, shall we? Let's. All right. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And this is Banffcast Out. <laughs>